Welcome to the Startup to Something podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Matt. This is our weekly update where we share the ups and downs of building and growing our bootstrapped online businesses. And sometimes we ramble on about tech. Well, hello, Mark. Hello, Matt. How's it going? Good. Good. Yourself? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. It's wintertime. It's snowy. Yeah. <laughs> Can't say I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. At this point, I'm just like lighting scented candles. And we like put up our tree in an attempt to like turn the crappy cold into fun Christmas. Is it working? Yeah, for the most part. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I'm still getting used to like now my dog is tracking in snow and filth and just yeah. So it's like go out and roll around in the snow, get salty, sandy paws. Just, I can't, I can't clean them, and my bed is always dirty. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, we. I mean, we we have to to hose down his his paws in the bathtub after each walk. Yeah, yeah. It's also nice because it, if there's any salt on his feet, it washes it off. And poor things. Yeah, those poor little guys. Yeah, my my dog's actually sick. Like, oh really? Yeah, like two days ago, he he was puking all day. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and like yesterday, he was lethargic and. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, seems to be doing better today. Okay, still not hundred percent, but sure, you know. Yeah. Okay. As long as he's improving. Yeah. Brutal. I think my wife thinks that she saw him eating something at the park. Like, fuck. Of course, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Dog, <laughs> can you not actively <laughs> try to kill yourself? Oh my god! Ooh, look, free food. Yeah. <laughs> that no. could be construed as food. I'm gonna eat it. <laughs> Exactly. Who knows what it was? Yeah. Idiot. Yeah. So how was your week? Yeah, it was good. It was so quiet. Oh, really? <laughs> with, with American Thanksgiving. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I had zero emails. Like, mm. <laughs> it went days without any support emails. That's cool. Yeah, it's good, except they all came in to yesterday. <laughs> uh, great. <laughs> yesterday and today, that's... So that's like three times as much volume. Okay, but yeah, it was really quiet. So I, I, I'm still, still debugging the bi-directional and self references. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's taking forever. Hmm. I really regret not having unit tests. <laughs> <laughs> I even started thinking about it today. Damn, maybe I should just bite the bullet and and write. Right. Yeah, write some integration tests right now mm-hmm. instead of testing everything and, you know, having a checklist and checking them off. Right. Like, let's just write the test instead. Mm-hmm. But I'm not doing it because I know I'm fooling myself and thinking it's going to it's gonna take as much time. Yeah. Integration tests are never easy. They, they always take way more time than you think. Yeah. It, it's so funny. Like, I, uh, I heard this really nice quote from... Uh, Bruce Lee the other day that was like when I was first learning martial arts a punch was just a punch and then as I gained knowledge and power a punch was no longer just a punch and then when I ma- attained mastery a punch was just a punch and yeah. it's funny to think like I used, I, I see my knowledge or my my understanding evolving around like the test pyramid when people are like oh you want to have like a bunch of unit tests and like not that many integration tests and it's like it's just a matter of expense like Unit tests are complicated to write, 
complicated to maintain, but oftentimes they're the most valuable tests you can write. So it's like, you probably want a few of them because they give you a lot of information on how the system is working. Yeah. I mean, I like if I'm going to write any tests, I usually prefer integration test because mm. it's like you sort of like at a high level, if I can get it to work, then who cares about the low level stuff? Like, yeah. yeah. And it's like so clear when you need unit tests for something. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, I have very finicky stuff with lots of edge cases and boundaries and, or, or like, I don't know, very iterative tests that you can almost generate. It's like, all right, so I've got all these combinations. So I'm just going to test every combination with a clear output. And yeah, just, that's true. That is, that is good. Um, but I kind of agree with you. I, I see a lot more value in like general um, integration tests than I do in a yeah. lot of lots and lots of small unit tests. But but that's it. I mean, like I don't know. I don't even know how to approach it when you have so many live systems. Like you know, I'm connecting to the Airtable API and the Webflow API. Mm-hmm. So do I have to like do I write an integration test that that uses the live APIs? No. Right. I mean that. that it, it would, I mean, I would not do that if it was like a continuous integration. Like, mm-hmm. but, you know, if it's just to run a test before deploying, mm-hmm. then yeah, it could fail because whatever the Webflow API is not available at that moment. Yeah. But it wouldn't be a big deal. But I think the problem is I have to set up the data, like mm-hmm. for each scenario. So, so I think I, yeah, I have to like, write this whole mock-up of the <laughs> Airtable API yeah. that is high fidelity to what the API will actually return. Yeah. And then same thing with Webflow. Like, yeah, no, exactly. I, I started thinking about it. And it's like, no, this is not going to be easy. It's no. going to take me way more time. And yeah. You're basically writing a whole other system in an attempt to emulate the way the system you want to use works so that you <laughs> exactly. can run it in a controlled environment. So then I need to write integration tests for all that whole system. Yeah. Oh, my God. Tests integration tests. tests. <laughs> integration tests all the way down. Yeah. I heard you like integration tests. <laughs> you put tests in your tests. So you can yeah. test while you test. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's moving so slow. Mm. But, uh, but otherwise, I've been doing lots of brainstorming. Like, uh, I changed my morning routine now. Like, so that in the morning, I, I do, uh, like a brainstorming session. Right. So right now, my goal is to, to think of a bunch of other importers that I could add to Power Importer. Okay. Like, I do have, like, I've, uh, a while back, I threw this landing page for a WordPress migration tool. Yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. yeah so like, I put up a page that says, uh, you know, do you want to be on the waiting list to, mm-hmm. to migrate your WordPress to Webflow? Mm-hmm. And very few people signed up for it when I deployed it months ago. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, all right, that's, that's, you know, validation that I, sh- I shouldn't build this. Yeah. <laughs> right. But now all of a sudden, like in the past few weeks, I'm getting a lot of people asking for it. Mm-hmm. And some people are asking aggressively, <laughs> like, <laughs> like they ask and I didn't respond the same day because I was there. Oh, no, I still don't think this is a good idea. Like, so I sort of put it, oh, I'll reply tomorrow, whatever. The yeah. next day they asked again, like, wow, <laughs> I really need this. Hmm. It's like, yeah, okay. So I don't know if is it end of year. Like everyone is, hmm. 
it has money to spend, so let's all migrate to Webflow. Because hmm. if it were a... Well, no, it's an importer, so you would want to do it constantly. Like, I'm just thinking, well, could, would it be a one-time thing? Or? Well, that's the thing. I've, I've asked for some clarifications, and no one has gotten back to me yet. Hmm. But yeah, that's what I want to know. I want to know, is this a one-time migration? Uh-huh. And then from now on, you're going to blog directly in Webflow? Yeah. Or... Or yeah, what I had envisioned is that this you could continue to use WordPress as like a headless CMS. So compose all your blog posts in what in WordPress. Yeah. And then I could use the API to go fetch those blog posts and continuously import them to Webflow. Right. Cause because I think I don't my gut is that WordPress is a better platform for blogging. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can you can post. You can have something in in a draft state and have multiple people working on it at the same time. You can easily embed stuff. There's lots of tools for readability score and SEO. There's all yeah. sorts of like built-in plugins for that. Yeah, so I figured like you might want to continue to blog on it, but but basically remove the domain name on the web on the WordPress instance. Yeah. So you just you set it to you know like. Password protected, so no crawler can crawl it. Or mm-hmm. you just blog on it, and then I will go fetch your blog posts and yeah. publish them on Word, on Webflow. But um, yeah, no one has responded, so I don't know which one is the most popular one. Is it just a migrate one time migration, or is it continuously syncing? Obviously, I prefer to continue syncing because then it's recurring revenue. Yeah, if it's just a migration tool, like I don't know. I guess I. Maybe I could find a way to make it recurring for agencies. Mm. Like they could pay and they, you know, whatever for this amount, you can migrate five different sites per month. Right. So I'd, be, diff- I'd be so curious to know, like, what is it about Webflow that's attracting these people? That, right. I mean, sure, you can really style your blog, but in that case, like, wouldn't it make more sense to style it in Webflow and use Udly to do a Udly to do a a dump over back to WordPress and now you're blogging in a thing that you designed in, in Webflow? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I think especially in the Webflow like designer ecosystem, they, they really hate WordPress. Hmm. Like they have a strong hate for WordPress. And so I think, yeah, I'm, maybe often it might be the agency that's convincing the client, nah, you don't want WordPress. Come on, guy. Let's switch to Webflow. Yeah, exactly. Come join the cool kids. Yeah. It'll, it'll be so much prettier. You'll see. So pretty. <laughs> no, I mean, WordPress has its problems. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you install a plugin and it breaks five other plugins. And, yeah. Or you find out that a plugin has a vulnerability and then your whole site is vulnerable. Like, I'm technical and I'm afraid of WordPress. Yeah. Like, I would never be like oh yeah wordpress is the answer to this like no unless it was just a blog and there was literally no personal information no nothing that like i don't know that i would consider using wordpress for anything oh i wouldn't even use wordpress for that <laughs> True, right because you just use a use hugo or a static site generator yeah. and just like or, put your stuff in markdown or i think i'd use ghost you know like yeah a, ghost yeah. yeah i don't know i don't know what's the future of wordpress I mean, it, it runs the world right now. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's still a huge percentage of the web is running on WordPress. Mm. But that's so, cool, yeah, though. That, You've got lots of uh, incoming, interesting new importers and that kind of thing. Yeah. So the, yeah. So the so I might explore that idea more. But I mean, I've I've been brainstorming a bunch of other importers and looking at. Uh, I'm even looking at all the different website builders out there. Mm. Just to get a get an idea of what's out there. Yeah, because yeah, it's such a huge space. Like you think about Wix and Squarespace, Weebly. Yeah, like there's so many of these builders. Yeah, that's it. There's so many that have been around for longer than Webflow. Well, at oh, least, yeah. at least the the popular version of Webflow we know today with yeah. with the CMS and all that. I mean, mm. Webflow has been around for a long time, but at first it was very rudimental. So yeah, they've been around for way longer. So they they have a bigger user base, mm. and there's a lot of new ones that are moving fast. I've even seen some like <laughs> other people kill them. The the Webflow killers. <laughs> like, oh, this is going to be a Webflow killer. Interesting. <laughs> it's like uh, I don't know about that. I mean, Webflow is also still evolving. So yeah, yeah. It's not like it's a dead product. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's not like you you just got to catch up to it, and then you'll 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 kill it in features. It's like, no, it's yeah. it's also advancing quickly and adding new features. Yeah. As we saw in NoCodeConf, there's a lot coming. Mm. Yeah, I wonder if it's like niched uh, website builders. Like, oh, you're running a coffee company. This is a website builder for companies that sell coffee online. Yeah, I know. The ones I've seen are generic. Okay. I think they're just, they're more, um, I guess they're easier for people that are not designers. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing about Webflow. It's really, it's a tool for designers. Yes, it is. And we often forget. <laughs> we always forget, like, oh, no, it's it's just a website builder. It's like, no, 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 it's really a website builder for designers. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of people that are not designers, and they just want pre-made stuff. Like, I just, I want to add a pricing section. Like, I don't know anything about CSS and... Mm. Or how to make it pretty. Like, so yeah, give me 15 options and I'll just drag one. So yeah. I'll pick that one and I'll change the color and the font and that's it. Yeah. Pre-made so components, a, please. Yeah. There's a lot of those. Okay. I actually, I, I know you know the, the, the founder of Versali. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I finally tried it for the first time. Okay. Like, yeah. I, I had never tried it before. Like, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's pretty well done. And it's it's also more in the vein of those website builders where it does stuff for you. Okay. Like, like you don't have to to say how much padding you want here, or how much margins, and the gritty, nitty gritty details. Like okay. It's they're pre made components. And I think they're all either in Bootstrap or they're in Tailwind. Yeah, he was tweeting a lot about adding support for Tailwind. Okay. Very so yeah, and he also what's neat is he has a lot of these pre build packages so you, you want to add a, a knowledge base well you don't have to define those those collections in the cms you just say i want to add a knowledge base and it adds those collections in the cms and it generates the pages for them so oh, wow so you're up and running like there i now have a knowledge base on my website okay that's pretty cool yeah yeah exactly so yeah if you don't care about the design not, not that you don't care that it looks good but you don't care about having 
full design control. That's not the part that matters to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I want it to look good, but I don't have an opinion of what it should look like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's very well put. Yes. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of options out there. Mm. So it's a good exercise that I got to do. Also, I got to do it for member row because I don't think member row is a, is the right solution for web, Webflow. Okay. Yeah, like Webflow coming out with its membership and the designers really wanting to control what stuff looks like. Right. It's like member row it might not be the right thing. Okay. So yeah, that's a, uh, that's what I'm working on. I really hope to ship these damn bi-directional references. <laughs> and then, uh, then I don't know what's, what's in store for December. Mm. Like either I take, uh, take it easier, take more time off to just think. Yeah. Spend time with the family. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at right now too. Like I didn't realize how much of a vacation I really needed. Like, I'm finding Monday mornings really, really hard right now. The weekends are too short. There's more I want to do. Um, and I'm thinking, like, oh, man, Monday, I, I don't want to do this. So I'm thinking, like, I, I originally have two weeks off uh, for Christmas. Okay. Um, and I'm going to spend one week working remotely. So I'm going to – our plan is to go to Halifax for Christmas. Oh, nice. So we're going to go for three weeks. We'll leave on the 12th. And we'll come back maybe like early January or something. Um, so we'll be working. So my plan is to work remotely for work remotely. I, so I work wherever the hell I please to work that first week and then be off for the last two. Um, but I, I'm onboarding a new client um, that week, uh, the, the week before I leave. Uh, the, the, yeah, the week before I arrive in Halifax. So I'm thinking like, man, I would really like to take even more time off. So I'm thinking okay. maybe I'll even extend it to three weeks off and really just spend some time thinking and reading and just having fun. Like not that my work hasn't been fun for the last while, but like I need a break. I need, I need to just not work for a little bit and recharge. Yeah. yeah I'm due also like too many weekends where I've worked mm -hmm. be because I was, you know, passionate about this new idea. Sure. And, but uh, once the kids are out of school, like, and my wife also not planning on working during Christmas. Like, yeah, it's time to take some time off. Yeah, and that'll be great. Everybody will be around. And yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm trying to figure out. Like, I know what my contract commitments are for the next, you know, until January. Um, and you know, I'm still interested in crypto, <laughs> crypto research. Like, that's kind of what right. I last week I did a bit of freelancing and started to learn, started to get my feet wet reading and that kind of thing. And actually my approach there has been, I'm just kind of soliciting all my immediate network and asking them things like, Hey, like, are you into crypto? If you aren't like, do you have any questions about it? Like I'm, you know, I'm doing my own research, but if I can write and answer your questions, that might be really interesting or it might give me avenues to go down. So I'm soliciting questions from my immediate network so I can answer questions about the ecosystem and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, and I'm interested in reading more about that, but I'm also interested in like watching Christmas movies and having a drink. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, there's, there's kind of a, I've got a laundry list of like things that I want to spend time doing and hanging out is, is high on that list and just kind of being with my family and, and chilling. You have a lot of family in, in Halifax? Uh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of my, 
I have a lot of cousins and stuff there still. Okay. Um, but this is kind of a unique Christmas for us. Uh, I have an older brother and a younger sister, and everybody is going to be in Halifax for Christmas. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. So my brother will be there with his partner and my sister, and she has two young kids, and her partner will come. So it'll it's the house is going to be fit to burst. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But it'll be fun. Like Christmas is so magical for kids. So that'll yeah. be that'll be a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah, so I'm I'm really looking forward to it, and and my wife is coming obviously. So yeah, we're gonna, right. We're gonna have a grand old time. That's great. Yeah, but yeah, I it, I I had a really useful conversation with a with a friend of mine. Uh, he's a personal trainer, and we were talking about um, we were talking about creativity. And one of the things he was saying was he was like his business is going great. Um, you know, he's got lots of clients, and he's able to increase his prices and. It's, it sounds like it's really coming together for him. And he was saying, he was like, you know, I've been doing this for a long time now. And the thing that I'm hyper aware of is that I know that in order for me to be creative, I need to make room for creativity. It's, he was like, it's so easy for me to fill up my schedule with clients. But if I'm going to grow and become better and, and challenge myself, I need to be creative. So he's like, I have to take that hit that financial hit of not seeing more people to keep my creativity juices high. And that really made me think a lot about how I'm spending my time. Like I know I've been trying to take a day off every week to, to deal, to deal just with my stuff and to work on my own ideas and to challenge myself. And I've been thinking, and like it just reinforced that conversation reinforced to me that I need to really create space for my own creativity. So I'm really hoping that this kind of holiday will be a reset. And that I can come back and, and, uh, and hope that I'll be different when I come back from vacation. <laughs> but no, but, but to, to hit reset on everything and say, all right, you know, I can, I need to start, I need to, I've got this, this very valuable time that I need to protect. Yeah. So, so yeah, lots to look forward to, but at the same time, yeah, getting some, getting some relaxation time. So when you said you were onboarding a new client, is that the, is that the crypto contract? Yep. So, yeah, so my next client is a friend of mine who is starting a, a crypto project in the NFT space. Um, and he's based in San Francisco. So, um, you know, for maximum, we need, we need a bunch of overlap. I need, you know, explanation. We, need, we have to plan. We have to get together on what he wants and how we're going to manage this. So um, I, I shifted my day for that week. Uh, we start on the 8th. So I've shifted my my working schedule much later so that we can have more overlap. Right. So I've got like three or four days of evenings basically with him so that we can talk about stuff, brainstorm, like figure out what, what's going to be required of me. Okay. And then you take two weeks, two weeks off. Yeah. And then back at it in January. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That'll be nice to, um, you know, I, on my current contract, uh, I was using a lot of new technology. I learned a lot. I made a lot of mistakes, you know, not terrible mistakes, but things I will definitely do differently. <laughs> <laughs> so now it'll be like, now I'm interested to like, okay, cool. Like green field, time to take all the things that you learned and do better. Uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And he's also a Python programmer. So I can, okay. uh, I can talk to him and be like, Hey, so what do you think about this? Or what's the general approach here? Which is kind of nice. So will he also do some of the programming? 
Yes, on a different part of the uh, on the uh, on a different part of the system, but um, okay. I'll be reviewing all my code. And so there's not much there's not much overlap though. Like you, it's been it's modular enough that you'll yes. be working on different parts. Yeah. Okay. You, there won't be any peer programming. Uh, or pair programming. I, well, I, I when I came on, I was telling him like. You know, I'm, I fully admit I'm not the best Python programmer. Like, it's what I've been able to get from Googling, etc. Um, but I was like, you know, if you want to spend some time and review my code or give me comments or anything like that, then I would super appreciate it because that would be, I mean, com- review it from him would be excellent. Even if right. it's like, oh, go read this book or go read this article. I mean, that's all very helpful. Um, because I've definitely noticed this and I, I keep meaning to make a, maybe I'll do that this afternoon, but write a really small blog post because I've noticed something terrible that started to happen in the, in our ecosystem. Like nowadays I'm like, okay, I know I need like a good example would be like, Oh, I need to figure out how long this array is in Python. How long is this list? And I'll, I can't remember the function name or whatever. So I'll Google like Python list length function or something. And the top six things that you get back from Google are either uh, paywalls or you have to sign in in order to see the code <laughs> with an exploit. It's ridiculous. What has happened? Like all of a sudden um, people are like, great, I'm just going to take SEO. Cause if you look at search terms for Python, anything, they're probably through the roof because you have so many people who are learning it and they're like, great, I'm just going to SEO the shit out of my Python length article and you visit the page and then the cookie banner pops up and it's like, oh, sign in to continue reading this. And it's like, yeah. man, what the fuck? Like, it's open source. Like, how has it come to this? Right. How come the documentation is not number one in yeah. the results? Yeah. Or, or like have the documentation be good enough that it's like, oh, this is the like, because that's the problem. Like, most documentation is shit. <laughs> so where it's like, oh, this is the function for length. And with like, it, and then the description is, it gives you the length of the list. <laughs> like, it's just, <laughs> okay, thanks. Damn you developers. <laughs> but then, and, and to be fair, like a lot of these sites are like, here's, here's an enriched version of the documentation and here's a bunch of code examples. And that's great. Um, but the problem is that like now I, I can't read anything online. Like I, I, I have to like automatically go to page two and hope that something I click on, it doesn't, isn't paywalled. Yeah. I, honestly, I, I've stopped using Google like in the past year. I think it's been almost a year now that I've stopped really? using it. Okay. I'm using DuckDuckGo. Okay. And yeah, my, I mean, first of all, Google results are, it's ridiculous how, how many ads there are in them. Mm. It's like the half the page is ads now. Like yeah. it used to be just like two in the top, one at the bottom, yeah. or a few in the, on, in the right margin. Yeah. In the good old days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now it's like, it's like half the page is ads. Yeah. You have to scroll below the fold in order to get yeah. past the ads. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if, DuckDuckGo still has that same problem of of crawling these uh, these sites. Is that what you're using, DuckDuckGo? Yeah, that's what I use for everything. Okay, maybe I'll give it a try. Um, I saw a new search engine launch on Hacker News the other day that was meant for developers. Okay, um, which I thought was kind of cool. Like, if you think about it, like, what are developers searching for? Like, if you could just do a really, really good job of indexing technical related stuff, that could be really cool. Right. But I was just so offended at all of these paywall sign in to continue reading medium bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like fuck medium. 
what the hell yeah. is wrong? Like, <laughs> but I guess this is the man. This is the weird thing I'm, I'm struggling with. That like I agree that knowledge is valuable, but like I I kind of came up in a time where the attitude was information wants to be free. It it it, it drives to be free. But now all of a sudden, like, we've, like, we've, like, people are starting to capitalize on this and they're like, well, I can just fuck with Google and I can return bullshit because I know that, like, having, trying, getting people on my mailing list or trying to get them to sign in to view a code example of something, like, it's just trash. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I still believe information wants to be free. Yeah, I, I do too. I'm still a hacker at heart. Yeah. But yeah, in those in that case, like I'm sorry, but there's there's no value added. Like, no, there's like, not. People just writing a really optimized page that tells me how to get the length of an array in Python. Yeah, it's like come on, just show me the API. Yeah, well, it, it, like present me and like it, so. I guess my problem with this is where I, my where my mind has been going with this is I don't know how to solve this problem. Is it python.org's responsibility to make sure that their docs are usable? And this is a fact of like, their docs are shit. So therefore, like, I'm filling a need. No, like, not that that, um, not that that fixes the problem or, or, um, addresses the fact that people are trying to get you to pay, are, are paywalling you from getting access to things. But like, I'm definitely noticing it. Like, one of the big things I noticed was when I was playing around with pandas and doing a little bit of data science. You can't do it. All of it is paywalled. Everything. Tutorials in Pandas, like, good luck. Uh, um, they, there's this, I think they're, they operate mainly on Medium. It's called Towards Data Science. You have to sign in or pay or whatever. And I get it because the people who are doing data science are paying for something or work for a big, um, they, they work for an organization that should pay for an, a subscription to this so that they can get access to that knowledge. And it's like, man, this feels really wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I it's true that these people, if this is their side project, like they they want to make money from it. Mm. But it's just, I I agree. It's it's frustrating when you know the information is out there mm. and freely available, but the search engines are not doing a good job to get at it. Yeah, but it does make me wonder if the answer is I need to create my own site and do Python programming examples. And outcompete these people because I don't ask you to sign in. <laughs> but then, how much effort are you going to put into this? Y- yeah, I mean, <laughs> and how much are you going to pay for hosting? Yeah, and <laughs> if you're not going to make any money from it, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's a business. I mean, that's the thing. Like the people that are doing this are making a, are are making money from it, or, or they're trying to at least. Yeah, but there's there are ways of, of making money and. And still getting people to sign up to a newsletter, like, right? You offer some of it for free and, and they can access it for free. But then they might, if they really like it, they might sign up to your newsletter or to your pro plan where you have more in depth. Like that template that I bought to start Memberro. Like that guy has uh, another business called Go Rails, I think. Okay. And he does, he just produces all these video tutorials on Rails. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know this dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so like maybe 20% of his videos are free, mm-hmm. but to get the other 80%, like you have to join this, is Go Rails Pro or whatever mm-hmm. that plan is called. Sure. And then you have access to the whole catalog. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, that, that, that's one way of doing it. He provides free videos and then, and then eventually you trust them and then, yeah, you'll pay to see the, the pro versions. Yeah. But yeah, I, I hate the fact that some of these sites show one result to Google. Like, and then when you go to it, it's a different result. Like that's, that's, that's what's wrong. And I, I, and I don't understand why Google doesn't do a better job at detecting it. Yeah, they're supposed to have some of the smartest engineers on the planet. Yeah, what the exactly. <laughs> like, can't you, like, you know, change your user agent so they don't know that you're Google? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Just like, go go fetch the page with a different user agent. And if the result is not the same, well, then, then don't index it. This, yeah. It's, but either way, I don't know what the solution is to this. All I know is that my search experience for trying to learn a new language is very degraded because like I would not buy a book from any of these people. I don't trust them. So it's like, I I don't even have the opportunity opportunity to build trust with them because I land on their site and they ask me to sign in. It's like, fuck you. I'm not signing in. (laughs) Cause it's, it's like seeing an ad. It's just like, oh, go away. No, exactly. And the worst is you look at the Google result and there's a snippet and you see part of the answer is there. Mm-hmm. But then I go to the page and it, that snippet is nowhere to be found. Yeah. It's, no. And then it's, just, it's like, well, I mean, I guess this is the problem with, um, they, they talk about this in 30 by 500. Like, who is your audience? A lot of the time you can break it into like, oh, are there newbies? Do you hire consultants to do this? But then it could be like, oh, uh, my audience is people who already know how to code and they just need a peer to help them cross the chasm to go from Java to Python or something like that. Yeah. Like, I know that that was something that, you know, with, with the project that I'd been working on, um, because it was all internal, I didn't have to worry about like, I can do hardware level security, basically, of just like, we're going to whitelist IPs, we're going to have a VPN, and it's only going to be accessed that way. Versus if it was like a public endpoint... Like, I don't know how to take a, a Python app to production. Like, that's a real security is a real thing. And I know how to do it in Java, but it's like being able to take my checklist of things in Java and figure out how they apply in a, Pyth- in a production level Python app. Like, that's not easy to do. No. Yeah, those are things that, yeah, you'd be willing to pay for, for a course. Yeah, where someone talks right to you. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what GoRails does well. It's it's all those scenarios. It's like, yeah, okay, I know how to code in Rails and and Ruby, but uh, how do you do? Uh, I don't JWT. Yeah, you know, well, how do you do it well? Like, yeah, it's like, well, here's here's you know a, a good way of doing it, mm-hmm. and these are the gems you use, and this is how you integrate it. Right. Yeah. Uh, do you know DevDocs.io? No. It's a it's a cool it's a cool little like web I call it a website but um, but your browser will cache it all so it even works offline mm-hmm. and it basically it has all the APIs to almost every language and library okay yeah so you can select like which ones you want it to download to keep offline mm-hmm. and it has this little search so. Whenever I'm looking up for, I'm looking for APIs. I that's what I use for nice. searching. I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, like then it's yeah, it, it's a, uh, it's one of my favorite developer tools. Cool. Yeah, because if if I could even install it as a progressive web app, so yeah. that it was like 
wicked fast. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. Because it's fully cached nice. on your side. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I see, I see. I'm looking at it now. It does have all the versions of Python. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a look at it. <laughs> I don't know if it has Panda. Does that? Yeah, it has Pandas. Cool. It made it, it's just the APIs. Like Somehow they found a way to, to crawl all the APIs mm. and they convert them into their own format. Oh, okay. Whatever works. I mean, as long as it's readable and available. That's, yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's amazing how we're dependent on search, eh? For, for developer stuff. Oh, man. I It's crazy. <laughs> like, I need, like, especially too with, I mean, that's one of the learning curves I've had with Python. Like, because, there's, because of the lack of types, it's like I accept these three parameters. And it's like one is a connection. But it's like, well, what kind of connection is it? Is it, is it a raw connection? Is it a... Um, is it like a proxy connection? Like, what, what is this? So, and like, because there's no code samples or anything, I'm, I'm doing a lot more in the REPL. So it'll be like, I, I have my, the code that I'm writing, and then I have like a scratch pad of Python code that's like, I'm always connecting to my local database and like adding libraries and trying things and trying things, trying to see like, what is this parameter? Like, how do I, yeah. I still have trouble inspecting the source of Python because mm. like, well, like, oh, what is it? This is it, which which of these sixty methods? Which of these sixty execute methods did you mean? And you're like, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I don't. I'm not, I really don't know, actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I I have no experience with Python, but Ruby also has no types, mm-hmm. and and, um, and yeah, you, you basically yeah use REPL all the time. Okay, it's like. It's like, yeah, you can read the documentation, but it's so much simpler to just run the method and see how it behaves. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad that, like, that I've... Yeah, yeah. That like, I've, what <laughs> happens? Is is this a file name or it's a string that contains... Ooh, I'll, just, I'll just type it right now. Yeah, I, I have to... Yeah, exactly. What does the REPL tell me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm glad that I've... I haven't done something super naive of like, oh, of course, you just use this thing over here. It's like, oh, no, I just have 50,000 breakpoints and I'm rappelling just constantly. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's the right way of doing it, but that's how I do it. Mm. That's that's why I love interpreted languages like Ruby like, because it it's fully fully interpreted. Like I can just run it right there in, in a REPL. Like, mm. like often I'll, I'll write the code in the REPL. Like when I'm playing with a new library yeah. like it's so much simpler to just try to get it to work right there in in REPL like and then once you got it working well then just look back at the history of everything you typed right there you go that's that's the program <laughs> <laughs> just transfer it over into a class and <laughs> okay yeah because I definitely play around a lot with like I, I mean I've been having a particular battle between Flask and SQL Alchemy and it's just like okay do I have a transaction like who owns, cause the, I mean, like, I've, I've been learning a lot about Flask as a result of this, but just like, oh, like, who owns the life cycle of the connection and how does the pooling work and can I get a cursor and how do I get it and do I have to, like, it's very, I've been learning a lot and it's really a lot of, I run something and I break something and I have to roll the connection back and I have to try again and again and again like just trying to figure out like what's the right <laughs> set of things and what are the different errors that I can get and yeah and then of course you try to google some of this stuff and you either get like python.org documentation sqlalchemy.org like documentation or a paywall shit and you're like man this is fucked yeah. like occasionally stack overflow has something you need but makes you realize how dependent on stack overflow 
you can be to get anything done, which is like pretty scary. Because if they yeah. end up changing their tune and putting a paywall, <laughs> like I, I would have to, I would have to pay. I, I would have no choice. I don't know. I've, maybe it's, maybe it's because Ruby. For some reason, I I never find Stack Overflow that useful. Hmm. Or maybe maybe not never, but I think it's rare. Like often when I do a search, and the first results of Stack Overflow, I'm like, uh, this is not going <laughs> to answer my question. Yeah, I see what you mean. Like my my confidence is never very high, hmm. and I've tried searching stuff directly on Stack Overflow, and the, the, I find the search never seems to return anything. <laughs> Google does a better job of searching Stack yeah, Overflow exactly. does the Stack Overflow. It does. It actually does. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know why, but their search is just useless. So, yeah. I mean, it's just something I've noticed. I wonder if it's... Do, do you have a similar feeling about Ruby? Like, if you Google some stuff in Ruby, do you get a lot of paywall stuff? Do you get a lot of, like... Well, no, actually. I can't say I, I have... I don't think I've encountered that problem where you, you land on a site and not only you have to log in or does it paywall. Mm. No. Okay. But I mean, most of the time, I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe it's just, it's a different ecosystem. Yeah. But There's fewer <laughs> scammers in the Ruby, <laughs> in the Ruby world. <laughs> I wonder if it's people who are like, it's like, um, for some reason, organizations with money are willing to pay for Python related stuff or something. So it's yeah, like you drive, exactly. it's like driving in somewhere in a Lambo versus a Toyota. And he was just like, oh, right. I drove it in a Lambo and every, they tacked a, 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 an extra zero on all the prices. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm sure the Python ecosystem and community is bigger than Ruby. Could be. Like my gut, my gut thinks that, yeah, Python's bigger. Well, either way, like it all, it definitely started around the research I was doing for data science. Well, data science, not a data scientist. I was Googling how to do shit in pandas and like all of a sudden everything was paywalled. And then from there, I just noticed it continue, continue. Like I just can't get good. I can't get good answers to my question because the Python docs, I, I don't, I don't know how to read them. I struggle with it. And then like okay. when people give code examples or anything else, then all of a sudden it's a paywall. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I think I, I usually find free blog posts. That answers my Ruby questions. I don't like it. Information wants to be free. Yeah, I agree. Come to the Ruby side, Matt. Yeah, seriously. It's like this Python thing. <laughs> don't believe the haters. Ruby is not dead. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. So yeah, that was really it for my week. I think for this coming week, um, I'm just going to spend a bunch of time reading more about crypto, kind of getting ready for that contract and doing some writing. So uh, if you're listening to this and you have some questions about anything crypto and you don't have time to research it yourself, ping me on Twitter. I would love to hear your your crypto questions, and I will do the research for you. Yes, I've already given you my wish list. Yes, and I will figure I, out. I'm, I'll get to the I'm bottom. Looking, of it. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. So do you do you already have like a blog set up? Like, or are you going to do Twitter threads? Or uh, well, so I have a, my own personal blog, like mattdegale.com, uh, and okay. it's just like a simple Hugo theme or whatever. Um, static site. Um, it kind of to get some cross pollination, maybe of like I don't know, maybe I like auto archive my tweets as blog posts or something like that. I mean, I like Twitter. Twitter is nice. I don't have a big following there or anything like that, but um, it might be nice to engage with a couple of people there. Um, like I've been recently seeing a couple people tweet that they're like, "Man, like this whole blockchain thing is everybody says is decentralized, but it's not decentralized at all." 
And I've kind of had a big question mark because I don't understand that. But I also, I thought I understood what a blockchain was, but maybe I don't. So people have been making this claim. So that's kind of on my list of how do you respond to when I see that, when you see a, that argument, like what are they talking about? Right. Um, so hopefully that answer will reveal itself in time. But anyway, the, where I was headed with this is, yeah, spending more time on Twitter, I think is good. There's a lot of crypto stuff going on on Twitter, but I don't yeah, know. But I, th- but I think you should definitely blog it. Yeah. Like, because the problem with with Twitter is that, yeah, it's it's fine, but it 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 doesn't last long. Yeah, like you write a thread, it might go viral, mm-hmm. but then it's gone, and like, and then if people Google that information, like, that thread's never going to show up in Google results. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like they say, right? Um, you want to put content out onto a channel that you own. Yeah. So having a spot on your like, even if your tweets direct to your blog or whatever at the very least like you're not a slave to the twitter algorithm yeah exactly like yeah i would i would say put it on your blog and then maybe write a twitter twitter thread about it yeah. and the last tweet is a link back to the blog post yeah. and hopefully like if someone ever googles you know what is the blockchain really centralized yeah your blog post will show up yeah and not a twitter thread yeah the twitter thread will never show up cool yeah so that's really that's my plan for the week all right i'm looking forward to reading it yeah cool do you have anything else nope that's it cool all right i'm gonna take off then i'll edit this podcast and then uh, i've got a few hard emails to write and then i'll have a drink probably (laughs) Awesome. Cool. <laughs> it's gets it gets dark so early, right? Oh, so God. Like, yeah. You can start drinking at two PM now. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's basically gonna be dark in like the next twenty minutes, so I know. It's ridiculous. I just need to stand naked in front of my window like a plant. <laughs> just try to take whatever ambient light I can get. No. Maybe uh, maybe it'll reflect off the snow and Yeah, exactly. You you might not want to walk by my house. <laughs> <laughs> You're in for a show. I swear, the shrinkage. <laughs> because of the snow. Be- because of the the snow. <laughs> Guys? Guys? Okay, cool. I'll All catch right. you next week. Awesome.